I'm Rebecca Lauderdale, and I'm your host for the Women Physicians Flourish podcast. I'm an internist in the Deep South who knows firsthand about burnout and also about the sometimes difficult but often wonderful journey to flourishing. My mission is to make this statement true. Women Physicians Flourish. And this podcast brings you the science and evidence-based practices that have helped me most, as well as inspiring people and stories about this journey. Because doctors like you deserve not just to be free of burnout, but to flourish. Hello, friends. So glad to have you back for another episode. My guest today is Michelle Quirk. She's a pediatrician who, in the first year of practice after residency, lost her father to cancer. She was jolted by that experience, realizing the many parts of herself she had lost touch with during medical training. She found her way back through running, which she says allowed her time to notice the world around her and to feel connected and embodied in a way she hadn't before. Today, Dr. Quirk continues to practice pediatrics and is a run coach. She founded Mindful Marathon to help make running easy and fun for busy professionals. For anyone thinking that running is too hard, Michelle is ready to help them transform into a runner. Even if you aren't planning to take up a running practice anytime soon, you'll enjoy this episode. The real underlying theme here is that many of us physicians have been taught to feel that interests outside medicine are less important or not serious enough, when the truth is that finding the things that make us happy and light us up can fuel our ability to flourish and to be excellent doctors and parents and spouses and friends and leaders. So I hope that you'll listen, even if you aren't a runner or planning on taking up a running practice, because we talk about so much more than that. I hope if you enjoy this episode that you will rate, review, and subscribe. It helps a lot with visibility of the podcast and enjoy. Michelle Quirk, thank you so much for being here today. I've been excited to talk with you about your running program and how that started for you. Would you just start us out telling us the story that you shared with me about how you got started running? Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm very excited to be here and to share a little bit about my story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started running in my early 30s. So I was not always a runner as a kid. And I found it quite difficult, actually. (laughs) And I, in my early 30s, I had finished my residency and started a new new job as an attending and moved to a new place, was newly married, all these things. And my dad was diagnosed with cancer like earlier that year. And I just, I found myself in a really tough place physically and mentally. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was talking the talk to my patients and families about living a fit life and the importance of exercise and all of these things, but I wasn't really doing any of those things myself. And with everything going on in my life, I just, I found that I didn't think I had the time (laughs) to really devote to it. And I decided something needed to change. And 
I think it was really was everything going on with my dad. I, I decided to lace up my running sneakers and like give it another go. <laughs> I started running around the block where we lived um, just five or 10 minutes at a time. And I really enjoyed how all of the thoughts kind of left my head. And that was just mm. kind of a peaceful time and not chaotic and, and was really enjoyable. So I kept lacing up my sneakers. So that's sort of the beginning of the story. So you, it was almost like a meditative practice, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that at the time, but definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's what kept me going back for more. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. I lost my dad later that year. And with all of that, I just, I, I had put off running a local 5K. I really wanted to run a local 5K for the longest time. And I just kept putting it off for various reasons. And after we lost my dad, I just thought life is too short. I can definitely figure out how to run three miles. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> and so my husband and I, we signed up and we put it on the calendar and I trained for it. And that was, that was like nine years ago. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it grew, it grew from there, but I think, and we can talk a little bit more about this, but that time mm -hmm. was really rough. And I was going through the motions, like I was showing up to work in my clinical job, but I didn't really feel like I was showing up, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like my mind yeah. was elsewhere. <laughs> and it sounds like you were in the midst of tr multiple different transitions. Yeah. You had finished residency. You were in the, your first years of practice. You're newly married and then you lose your father. Yes. Any one of those things alone <laughs> would have for most people would have provoked some sort of mental, spiritual transformation. When we talked earlier, you talked about how you realized through losing your father and going through this, that you had lost touch with yourself and you needed to find yourself again. And that this was a way of getting back in touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of docs can probably appreciate this, mm -hmm. but we strive so much and we're always looking to the next thing and the next accomplishment. And in high school, it's like, get into a good college and pick your major and get into medical school and get into residency. And like, you keep striving and moving forward. And there's a lot of, of stresses and trauma along the way that we don't always stop to pause and really work through at the time. We're just full speed ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was the same when I started my new job, we finished residency right end of June and started my new job in July and lost my dad in November. And it never occurred to me to really take time off. Like even when he was sick and we were traveling to get second opinions and things like this. And it just never occurred to me to decrease my schedule or for some time off. Whereas now that that would be my first thought, like, Hey, <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe we want to take a step back, but at the time, it, it never occurred to me. It was just get back to work as quickly as possible and keep moving. And unfortunately, I do. I feel like I lost some of who I was in, in that process of medical school and residency. And it took a long time to, to get back to who, who am I? Why did I why am I here? <laughs> Why am I doing mm -hmm. this in the first place? And what does the future hold? Because when I started as an attending, 
you know, I had this feeling like I should have arrived. Okay, I've done everything and now I'm here. And I always say to to where I'm arriving, I don't really know because it felt like absolute chaos at the time, like my particular experience. Mm -hmm. And I think just some time off there would have been very helpful. But instead, it's taken me nine years to work through this on the pavement and running marathons <laughs> to figure it out. But that mm-hmm. that's what worked for me. But I think the the takeaway point is really just to take a pause and realize it's okay to take a pause whenever that happens to be. If you're at all of us, right? We're in the middle of this pandemic yeah. and it can feel very overwhelming and chaotic. And mm-hmm. we may question why we're doing what we're doing. So <laughs> yeah, taking the pause. We often resist taking the pause. I know I, I would do that. I would resist taking a pause because I thought, what would happen if I do? What am I leaving behind? What would fall apart? What would be rude to my partners or whatever thought might be there? But I think we often overestimate the consequences of taking time off and don't understand the benefit of it, especially early in our careers. I think many of us learn that the hard way and we get burned out or we have, we lose a loved one. Something happens that shakes us awake and helps us to realize that there is more to our lives than working this schedule and, and showing up every day to work and seeing patients. I appreciate that you you're sharing that because I, especially people who are earlier in their careers, hearing from us who have found the importance of taking time off and taking care of ourselves and just hopefully normalizing that for them, that they'll understand how important it is to ask for those things and take time when you need it. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) You mentioned, so running for you has been something that's been outside of medicine. And I wanted to just briefly touch on that too, because I, I'm not a runner, but I, I didn't have much in the way of like hobbies or outside interests either early in my career. I had this, and I think it just came from the culture of medicine, the culture of science, this idea that anything other than that is not serious and that it's not as valuable and nothing could be further from the truth. Our ability to have joy and accomplishment in other parts of our lives actually feeds into our ability to be good clinicians and be good at that too and being whole people. So mm-hmm. I I just I love that you said that same thing basically. So you now work with people as a run coach. So mm-hmm. you ran that first 5K and then <laughs> what happened from there? The progression took some years, but I worked my way up to some longer distance races and ran some half marathons. And what really was the next turning point, I would say, is running my first marathon. It was just something I never really considered, never thought I could do. Um, I had my own thoughts of the fact that I was not a runner and what business did I have (laughs) taking (laughs) this goal on. But when I came back from that race, it was just such a life-changing experience really for me and a huge confidence booster. Hey, you can do this. What else can you do? And I came back from that race wanting to shout from the rooftops that everybody should go sign up and run a marathon, but I (laughs) don't think we all have to do that. So you didn't feel like (laughs) laying down and dying No, when you finished it, which is what I think I would do. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it was wonderful. You just have to take it nice and slow and, and not worry about the time. But <laughs> yeah, so I came home from there and I that was really the start of coaching others, although I didn't realize it at the time, but I was reading a lot about running and run physiology and really diving into how training plans are made. And I was working with my own running coach by that point and really asking a ton of questions about how training plans were structured and all of this and answering everybody's questions about running at work. <laughs> that was the late fall of 2018. Mm -hmm. I had coffee with a friend of mine and I felt burned out in my clinical job at that time. And I wanted to talk to her about different career options, maybe some non-clinical work, like where I was going with things. And she's a pediatrician, but she's also a life coach. And for the coaches out there, you will appreciate this because I always say a coach can help you identify your blind spots. And so we're talking over coffee and she said, I can coach you on burnout, but do you realize for an hour you've been talking about running and your run coach and you're reading all these books and you're writing training plans for your mom and your husband? <laughs> like, have you thought about <laughs> like coaching? Like this is your passion, like very mm -hmm. clearly. And I just sat back in the chair and I was like, I, I had not considered it. And as you were saying before, I very much viewed doctoring as it and mm -hmm. everything else was over somewhere else. And I just never thought that it could be an and situation. It was always an or. <laughs> uh -huh. And I remember feeling very uplifted after that coffee date. And I went home and I started researching like, hey, maybe I should get an official certification to, to say that I can write training plans for people. And that's how the whole thing started. And I launched Mindful Marathon maybe six months after that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I haven't looked back. <laughs> so someone who wants help with running, how do you help them? What does that look like? Yeah. I, Somebody my, who's a beginner. Yes. Beginner. Yes. My, my people are mostly beginners or they are runners who um, maybe used to run in high school or college and haven't run in a long time or mm. took some time off for injuries and things like that. So beginners are my people, <laughs> but I'm, I believe anyone can be a runner and I know the doubts are coming in people's minds, like, I can't do that, or I, I would never be able to run a marathon. But I'm telling you, I, I thought that too. <laughs> and I think the, the key is just slow and steady and getting started from wherever you're at. We really have a lot of beliefs about who is a runner and who is not. And do you have to run a certain pace to be a runner? Can you not walk? All of these things we, we work on. And of course you can walk and you can be as slow as you want to be, <laughs> but really it's about establishing consistency and really finding out if you love it. And if you love it, then, oh, the sky is the limit because watch out. The marathon is there <laughs> mm -hmm. if you want it. But I like to write custom training plans for people. So especially mm -hmm. for the docs out there, like shift work and fitting mm -hmm. in exercise can be mm -hmm a big issue and a big hurdle to get over. We work with what we've got and we figure out how much time in the week we want to devote to running or whatever exercise it is. And we write the plan based on where you are and how much time you want to devote to it and go from there. So I pretty much can work with any, if you say you want to run a marathon in a couple of weeks and you only have two days to train, <laughs> we have to talk, but, but within reason, within reason, I work with wherever people are at. <laughs> So you do, you mostly 
work with people virtually. They don't need to be able to run with you or anything like that. They can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for people in the Philadelphia area, I am, I would be happy to run with you. I've had a couple of local clients and which is just a bonus, but for everyone else, we, we do everything over the computer and zoom and contact that way. So yep, Mm. we're all online. (laughs) So how long do people usually work with Um, what's a usual or or is everybody just different? Everybody's different. I would say a usual training cycle. Like if you have a race goal, for example, a training cycle can be 12 weeks to 20 weeks. So Mm. three to five months. Usually I've had some people work with me. We're going on a year now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it just depends. I mean, people also come and go. So maybe three or four months for a specific race and then take some time off and then come back and and do another. So it really varies, but I would say a normal training cycle is usually like three to five months. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how does this work inform the other things in your life? What does it do for you in the rest of your life? Yeah, I think so. Becoming becoming a coach has, I, I feel like it's, I mean, it's definitely made me a better doctor and I'm coaching adults, but I'm, I'm a pediatrician. So I have, I think that I maybe missed working with adults a little bit. Of course, mm-hmm. I, I treat families. So I, I'm talking to a lot of parents on a regular basis, but this is helping people in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's also helped me, I think, with boundaries, like having a side mm-hmm. business and growing that has really helped put in perspective. Okay. So we have working hours. I have working hours for mm-hmm. pediatrics. I have working hours in mindful marathon. Um, but honestly, I would work on this, like all the time, if I didn't set those boundaries, because <laughs> uh-huh. I really, it, it is, it's the passion for it. And, but I've learned that along the way. So I think setting boundaries has been great. And I, I feel, yeah, I feel more myself more than I have in years really. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of that is may, maybe it's all the endorphins from running. I don't know, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's having this other thing. This is another part of myself and we can coexist. Right. And for mm-hmm. a long time, I feel like I was fighting that other part of myself that thought there was something more, something else mm-hmm. I wanted to do. I wanted to help adults, but I didn't know how mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that. And, and here we are. So mm-hmm. I think if you might not know, you might think I don't have a passion. I don't even know what I would do, but I think it comes from spending some time alone with yourself. And yeah. if you like to walk or just sit in the quiet yoga, meditate, write you, I know in your podcast, mm-hmm. you suggest really doing um, some journaling, a thought download, yeah. keep a diary, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But mm-hmm. even if you take five minutes and see what's swirling around in your brain and see, ask yourself, what do I want? Yeah. And see what happens? I think one thing that we, we don't get taught is the, there's the science of working to your strengths and your strengths are going to be in line with your desires. They're part of your personality, part of who you are. And we all change. And so many things about us can change. But our general set of strengths doesn't change much throughout our adult lives. And and playing to our strengths instead of trying to fix weaknesses 
helps us to be more whole and happy and satisfied. And sometimes I think we ignore the things that we really like, because again, for some reason, we think we shouldn't like that or that it's not important or it's not serious enough. And if we'll pay attention, sometimes we get really surprised with what we like and and surprised with how much joy and how much enthusiasm we can have. And it really does spill over. It spills out, you know, I just don't want people to miss out on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people have definitely noticed the change in me too, because like I said, when I started all of this, I was really in a period of some pretty bad burnout with my job. And all of this has changed that. I think when you play to your strengths, really every other aspect of your life will start to come alive, or as you say, it will flourish (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you are, you're really living who you are and, and doing what you love. Yeah. So I have enjoyed this so much. I love this story that you tell that this kind of unassuming story of a woman who starts running and what that meant and what it really stands for. This business that you've started that's given you so much life, as well as I'm sure the people that work with you. So I'm going to make sure that in our show notes, we have links to your website and your social media accounts. You have a YouTube that people can watch. I always like to close with talking um, about something just a little lighter. Um, (laughs) What is on your nightstand? If you're a reader, yeah. What, what are you reading that you love right now? <laughs> I have multiple books there. I'm <laughs> currently, probably this one won't surprise you. I have Mental Training for Runners by Jeff Galloway. Love Jeff Galloway. He is the run, walk, run coach. And I I use that with a lot of my athletes and, and he's got lots of great books. So that's one. Mm-hmm. And the other one is by John Lee Dumas, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Very good. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that. What is that? Was that released like this year's relatively new book? Yes, it's in hardcover. Okay. I don't think I could get it yet in paperback. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's really, really good. I have just started it, so I will have to report back, but it's yes. really, really good. <laughs> let me let us know. So and then all right, what about TV or movies? Are you a TV or oh, movie pe- person? Um no, not really. Not I mean, really. I just binge watched the Olympics, like probably oh. more, you know, more TV than I've uh-huh. watched all year. <laughs> so what, what's your favorite moment, favorite moment in the Olympics oh. this year? Oh, okay. By far in the women's marathon. If mm-hmm. I would say to everyone out there, if you've never watched a marathon before, it's mm-hmm. really, it's really cool. I don't really watch sports, but I will sit and watch a full marathon and watching <laughs> um, the elite runners and just how easy and effortless they make it seem by mm-hmm. running, you know, they're running like a five and a half or six minute mile. Like it's <laughs> amazing, but uh-huh. it, the, the best, if you don't have a lot of time, just invest a few minutes and watch the last 10 K, like the last six miles of the women's marathon. And there is a young lady named Molly Seidel and mm. she 
she she got the bronze so she got third from the US and you know she kind of i think she was ranked like 20th maybe of the the ladies going into the race but because of the heat and humidity and everything a lot of people did not run as maybe they expected themselves to run and she just mm-hmm. hung in there and <laughs> hung on to third i mean it was just oh, wow. a beautiful thing to watch and it was only her third marathon ever oh my goodness it really wow. was amazing. But that was my favorite. <laughs> okay, now I need to watch that and I need to I'm going to wait for you to tell me how the how the book is. Michelle, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation and I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to find you. You've been such a wonderful guest and I hope that we get to talk again soon. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It was really my pleasure and honor to be a guest and and I love the podcast. Thank you oh. for doing what you do. <laughs> thank you so much. So that wraps up today's interview and thank you again so much for your support and rate, review, subscribe. If you like the podcast, it's been meaningful to you. Also want to remind you if you're listening to this uh, prior to September the 30th to sign up for the video series, you can get to a link at womenphysiciansflourish.com. I'm so excited. This is going to be an amazing experience, and I hope to see you there. As always, until next week, much love.